0: Good to see all of you this morning. You're looking good. You're looking at me like you're crazy. <laughs> what, the, what, what kind of coffee did Pastor Jeff have this morning? 2 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. We are going through the book of 2 uh, Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And we are learning. What it is to be a servant of God. At the beginning of our series of messages a couple weeks ago, we are reminded that we were not saved by God to sit. We were not saved by God to be a spectator in our Christian life. We were saved to serve. That our life is to be spent in service to the Lord. And we're going to learn that even after you and I die, when we go to heaven... Our eternal existence is wrapped up in service. Many Christians are like, what are we going to do for all of eternity? Aren't we going to get bored at some point? No, no. First of all, heaven is going to be an unending learning experience. We're not going to know everything once we get to heaven. So that's one thing. An eternal learning experience learning more and more about God. And another thing we're going to be doing up there is we're all going to be serving the Lord in some capacity. That's why God built us the way that he did. So today we want to discover a little bit more about what it means to learn to be a servant of God. And and I want to talk to you this morning about the parameters of a life of service, the provision for a life of service, and the purpose for a life of service to God and and before I even get into it I, I just want to say don't put hard lines around that outline because the the parameters will bleed into the provision and the provision and parameters will bleed into the purpose and the purpose will bleed back into all of that they sort of all meld together so but for the sake of of clarity and, and sort of orderliness i'm going to try to separate them out, but don't keep them separate. Realize that they're all sort of part of the same ball of wax, if you will. This first one, I think would obviously take some Christians back a little bit when we start talking about the parameters of service and here's why I grew up in church I've been in church life and around other Christians you know my whole life and and you know, I've heard it. I, I've had that perspective at one point in my life. I, I see it all the time is that when you and I start talking about serving the Lord, usually we reduce it to some activity or ministry that I do in a church. I do it for a couple hours a week. Um, you know, we, we sort of, the church provides service or ministry opportunities and some of us show up and we do service. That, that's serving the Lord. And can I tell you that's one of the reasons why the Oasis seeks to be a little bit different than maybe other local churches? Because instead of us trying to provide a plethora of ministry opportunities and serving opportunities so that anybody comes can just sort of plug in that you learn here that that's way reducing what service is in God's eyes as a Christian that you and I have to start thinking a little bit differently about service. That for the Christian, every Christian, not just those in ministry, but for every Christian, we are like some professions out there. We are on call to serve God 24 seven. Which means then that the churches should be growing and training people to literally be on call 24 seven. And instead of us reducing our serving life and compartmentalizing our life as a Christian, like, well, this is the hours that I serve the Lord, and then the rest of the hours today or this week or this month, those are mine. That's my business time. That's my personal time, whatever. That that God says nowhere in his word that that's the way we should look at service. In fact, look at it with me in 2 Corinthians 2.14. He says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. We ended there last week. But then notice this. And who wants to make known through us the fragrance that consists of the knowledge of him in every place. The parameter of our service to the Lord is very simple and yet profound at the same time. It is to make Jesus Christ known. That's, that's serving the Lord. No, no matter what you and I do, no matter how you and I define serving the Lord, God wants us to see that when we serve him, it is all about making him known, that the knowledge of him is seen in and through us in every place. Now, in order to make him known, That means I've got to know him. I can't make Christ known if I don't really continue to live my life to know him. Otherwise, as I live my life serving the Lord in every place, not just in certain places, as people observe my life, my life should be making a statement in some way, a declaration about Jesus Christ. And if I don't know him, then I'm not going to be projecting to others who he really is, as I've shared before. We will either give an inaccurate picture of who Jesus is to others who are seeing us, or we will give an incomplete picture of who Jesus is to others. And think about this. This, this really does blow me away how God... You and I would have a really hard time trusting someone else to make us known to somebody we'd be like, oh, I hope they represent me well. I hope hope that they come across to those other people so that if if those other people are trying to learn about me through them, I hope they project me right the way I think I should be projected. And yet when you think about that, we're far from God, we're far from perfect, and yet God gives us this great, you know, privilege and yet opportunity to make him known to other people. But that's why he calls us then to a life of spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, and learning about him. That's why he calls us to be disciples more than just being saved. Salvation is just the beginning, not the end, as many Christians Uh, conclude today, because it is only as I know him and know him in a profound, clear, deep way can I then represent him and make him truly known in an accurate way to others. No wonder Paul said to the Philippians, I regard all things in my life of less value than knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. In fact, Paul goes on to say in verse 10 of chapter 3 of Philippians, my aim, my single ambition in life is to know Jesus Christ, my Lord, to know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable to his death. That was Paul's aim. Because Paul says, if I'm going to be a servant of God, and I'm going to make him known in every place, To every person then I better know him really really well I better live my life every day to know him so that I can make him known and let me go back to verse 14 again the parameters of our service to God is not just in some place it is notice those last three words of verse 14 in every place Paul doesn't stop there Again, go down with me to chapter 3 and look at verse 2 and 3. I'll start actually with verse 3. He tells the Corinthians as well as us that all of us, every Christian, is to be a letter of Christ. Isn't that amazing? Your life and my life is literally a declaration and a statement of Jesus, from Jesus to others. That's what our life of service and being a servant is to be. But then notice what he says at the end of verse 2. Read by how many? Everyone. All people. You see, whether you and I are conscious of it, every day that you and I live, people are reading us every day. People are watching us every day. People are observing us every day and so God is saying Christian don't reduce your idea of serving me to a couple hours here and there throughout the week where you plug yourself into a program in your local church and you say I'm serving the Lord here and you don't realize that no 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 you're to be my servant 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in every place you go, and to everyone you meet, you are to be my servant. And in those moments, I want to use you to make me known to them, whether they're a Christian or not, because obviously, we can benefit from other Christians. When we observe and watch and see that they are a letter of Christ and how God is writing something through them and through their life to us, we can benefit from other Christians being a Christian. But in some way, God wants to use each of us to make him known to others. In every place, read by everyone. See, that's why it's important that you and I expand How we look at serving God. Because God says, You don't understand, you know, you you may put in a couple hours of service here, but what if I want to use you to touch this person's life in the supermarket today? And they're gonna be watching how you act, how you react, how you respond, what you say, what you don't say. They're gonna be watching how you uh, deal with the people who work there, uh, how you deal with the other customers. Uh, are you truly representing who I would be in that? Can they see Jesus in us? Every place by every one. So you can begin to see how when we start talking about the parameters of a life of service, how it does bleed into the purpose even of our service. It's amazing, isn't it? So I hope here at the Oasis that when some people come and and you all can help me educate, if you will, the people that come to the Oasis, if they ask, well, why is not your church provide more ministry or service opportunities? Why don't you have this program at the Oasis and that program? And it's not that any and all of those aren't of value to some degree, but but we're going to have the focus that we're going to take you if you come here and we're going to equip you to be a servant of God everywhere to everyone. We're not just going to reduce it to a couple hours here and a couple hours, and the only way you and I can do that, and and that's why even here, if you're a leader at this church, you got to look at yourself as an equipper. We're equipping each other to be on call 24-7 so that God can tap us at any time, at any place, with anyone to say, make me known to them. Now, you and I start thinking of it that way, that's a little daunting, right? It's like, wow, I, I never really looked at my Christian life as 24 seven service. No wonder then Paul says in chapter two at the end of verse 16, who is adequate for these things? I mean, when you and I think about the fact that God wants to use us to be a letter of Christ to others, he wants to make us know, him known through us everywhere to everyone. Paul even said, who's adequate for these things? Ah, but then notice chapter 3, verse 4. We have such confidence, limitless confidence, in God through Christ, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Paul says, you and I, when we dedicate our life to being a 24-7 servant of the Lord, we don't have to worry about us doing it. If God is calling us to do something or be something, God says, I'll make you adequate, which is what Paul goes on to say. God will make his servants enough. He will make us competent enough. He will make us sufficient enough so that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, Christ will be coming through our lives, our attitudes, our actions, our emotions. Christ will be seen. It's like the world can squeeze us and the fruit of Jesus will be spilling out through our pores, if you will, of our spiritual life. You see, God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. That's why you and I don't have to like, well, God, what's the provision? The provision is God will provide. All I have to do is be obedient and surrender and follow him as an obedient servant and know that God will show up, God will be enough. I don't bring anything to my life of service. That's why Paul says, we are not adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from us. Which then starts to get us to thinking about the fact that, again, we make our life of service as Christians way too small. You know why? Because for many Christians, even in local churches, what do they sign up to do to serve? They sign up, in areas where they feel very comfortable, they never get out of their comfort zone, they're serving the Lord, but they're doing it in their time frame, uh, what they want to do, the things that they're comfortable and confident in doing. And so when it's their life of service, it's like, well, I could do that on my own and I don't even need God to do it. And God's going, I never designed serving me to be the things that you can do without me. See, one of the purposes of serving God is that God wants to create in us through our life of service an absolute total dependence upon him. So if you and I are doing service and it's things that we could do without really depending or relying on God, then we are operating at a very low level of the kind of service that God wants to take us to. God wants to take us beyond ourselves in our life of service. Which is why God is always trying to call us out of our comfort zones and out of the things that we're confident in in order to serve him. Because it's never about what you and I could do without him. It's about what we can do with him. And when you start looking at the Bible characters, did not every Bible character that was greatly used of God had to get to a place where they said, Okay, God, I don't see myself doing this, or I don't don't see myself in this role, but if that's your will, then I'll go for it. Let's go back to Moses. God said, I want you to lead my people out of slavery in Egypt. Moses was like, no, not me, God. I don't see myself doing that. I'm not this, I'm not that. What's God saying? I know you're not, but I can make you enough. I can make you sufficient. I can make you adequate. I will build you into the leader that you need to be to lead my people out of Egypt. Paul, Paul was always saying, I'm not an apostle because that was my idea. That was something I cooked up in my own head. Paul says, I'm an apostle by the will of God. Almost every letter he ever wrote to a local church, that's the way he started out. An apostle by the will of God, by the will of God. This wasn't my idea, Paul says, because I never saw myself in this position. And then he goes on to say, oh, by the way, I am what I am by the grace of God. (laughs) It's not me out there being the greatest missionary that ever lived, It's only because God's grace is operating through. God has made me competent. God has made me adequate. Our adequacy is from God. You see, you and I, if God is calling you to not only a life of service, but to some specific form of serving him at this season in your life, and you may be, again, having lots of doubts and fears and all of that creep in, You need to hear the truth of God's word. You're right where you need to be. Because God will make you adequate to do what he wants you to do. Why? Because serving him is way bigger than you just doing what you feel you have the natural ability to do. Without learning to really depend upon him. That's never where God wants us to go as his people. He always wants us to see our lives much bigger than what we most of the time view our lives as. He wants us to begin to see him as much bigger than we view him and what he can do. Not what we can do, but what he can do. That's the provision for us. Again, let me say this. I want this to stick into your head. God never calls the qualified. God qualifies the called. And if God is calling you to something, if God is inviting you to something, then you can trust that he will make you competent to do what he's called you to do. He will never let you out there after calling you to do something and let you and I hang. He will always show up, he will always be there, We can count on his faithfulness to see us through if you and I will just trust and step out of that boat like Peter and say, okay, God, I don't think a human being can walk on water, but you invited me to step out of the boat. That's where I'm going with you. And Peter then was able to experience something that only by a step of faith could any of us experience. And I guess what I'm saying to us as a church and to all of you as individuals is God has so much more that he wants to do through you and in you in your life of service than maybe what you've allowed him to do, what you were willing to let go of up to this point. And God is simply saying, trust me here. You, you're going to be like every other Bible character. I can't do that, God. And, and listen, in my life, if it doesn't scare you a little bit, then it's not big enough. If it doesn't put some kind of, of sort of human fear in, in us and, and, and that, we don't, that we see that what God is asking of us is way bigger and, and, and maybe even overwhelming beyond, then it's not big enough. We're not, we're not dreaming big enough. We're not allowing God to take us where he wants to because if we're simply very comfortable with where we're at, and there's not a little bit of fear and trepidation in serving the Lord, then we haven't stepped out into the big picture enough to see what he can do. Because all he's asking is that we make ourselves available. He'll take care of the rest. It's just a matter of making ourselves available. It's our availability. Just God says, will you you give me your life? You see, that's what I love about the story of Isaiah after he saw the Lord high and lifted up and then some other things happened and then the Lord's like, hmm, who are we gonna send and who will go for us? And Isaiah's like, oh, oh, here I am, send me, send me. I mean, he was like a little kid, like, oh God, you see my hand go up? He didn't even know what God wanted specifically to do, but he's like, God, I just, I wanna go. And you know why he had that attitude? Because he saw the Lord. He saw the greatness of God. Yeah, he saw himself too. And he knew how small and feeble and frail he was, but he also knew how great his God was. And so when God was like, hmm, who are we going to send? He just knew, I know God's got this, so I'm gone. So we see today the parameters The provision, but I want to talk to you for a few moments, too, about the purpose of a life of serving God. You know, we've already seen, well, one of the purposes is that God wants to write a letter to other people in every place to make himself known to others through our life. And that's why God calls all of us to be full-time servants. That, that's why Christians, again, it's like we've got to get rid of that, that unbiblical mentality that, well, you and, and some others, you know, and you're in full-time ministry, but we're not. See, we have other jobs and stuff. Yeah, I know that. God wants to use you at that job. God wants to use you at that school. God wants to use you in that community whether you realize it or not, we're all full-time servants of Jesus Christ. If we are Christians and we name the name of Christ and we call ourselves a follower of Jesus Christ, then God says, my purpose for your life is I want to make myself known through you in every place to everyone. And the second purpose is that God wants, through our life of service, to create an unending sense of dependability upon him. Never should we live our life of service to a point where all we're doing in our service is what we can do without him. That is far too low of a level of serving. God wants to take us way beyond that so that we learn what I'm doing and and all of that. It's not me. It's not me at all. It's God who's doing it through me. He's making me adequate. But there's another important purpose for serving and for living a life of serving God. If you go over to chapter 3, verse 18, and the reason I didn't spend too much time in verses 7 through 18 this morning is, if you remembered, I hope at least somebody did, I covered these verses extensively when I was doing my uh, series on the Holy Spirit. And so I didn't want to rehash verses 7 through 18 again of 2 Corinthians 3, but I did want to point this out. Notice in verse 18, he talks about the fact that we all, with unveiled faces reflecting the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, which is from the Lord who is the Spirit. I want you to lock into those two words out of verse 18, being transformed you see, in everything we do, but especially in our life of service, one of the purposes of God, one of the great purposes of God, is he wants, through our service, to be transformed to be more like him. Or as Paul says to the Romans in Romans eight twenty nine, God predestined us as Christians to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. In other words, in our life of being a Christian and growing as a Christian and serving Christ, I should become more like Christ in my service. You see, here again, we reduce serving to this. When you and I many times think about our life of service, what do we focus on? The people that we're serving. We, we focus on the act of service. And God says, did you ever think that one of the reasons I may be asking you to do what I'm asking you to do has less to do with the people you're doing it to and more to do what I want to do through you and in you as you do that? Are you tracking with me here? (laughs) In other words, God may say, for a season in your life, I want you to do this. And obviously, serving is going to involve other people around you. But God may say, Though they will benefit some by you doing this for me, my real purpose is that you, in your time of doing this, you're going to become more like Jesus Christ. I'm going to be able to transform you to be more like my son Jesus. That's why, again, we as Christians have to learn to have faith and trust in God because, again, many times God will ask us to do something and in our humanness, even, as a Christian, we go, but God, that doesn't make any sense. What benefit is that going to be? And God, in his wisdom, would say, well, you may not see it now, but as you start to do this, And as you do it, for the length of time I want you to do it, by the time this is over, you're going to be transformed. You're going to experience a life transformation. Your your life is going to change for the better because you followed me and you did this. See, how sad it is from God's perspective that there are many Christians out there who say, I'm serving you, Lord. And they're doing some activity and they're checking off their little box by, you know, I, I, I did that this week, and yet no transformation takes place during the whole time of service. If that's true, then we're missing something here. Because God would say to all of us, if you're serving me, then you've got to understand that everything that I ask you to do, every act of service, every season of service where I'm asking you to do something is going to also be a time where you are being transformed by me by doing that. Otherwise, God won't ever ask us to do it. Because God's purpose is always... I'm also going to make you more like Jesus as you serve me and as you make me known to others. So again, so often when we think of serving the Lord, we have only an outward focus. I'm serving you, God, because I helped so-and-so today. Hey, and that's great. I'm glad you helped so-and-so today. But do you realize in helping so-and-so today, and in helping them for however long God wanted you to help, that God also wanted to change your heart too. He also wanted you and I to be transformed in those moments too. Otherwise, you and I are missing it. We're missing it. So here in 2 Corinthians chapters 2 and 3, Paul just using even himself as an example is saying, Corinthians, don't be like, so many other Christians and so many other local churches that reduce serving God to certain times and certain places. He said, realize that being a Christian means being on call 24-7 and that you and I are God's servants every place we go to everyone we meet. In each and every one of life's situations, we are to be a servant of God. Wow, God, that's a big task. Yeah, God would say, it's so big that it will create a sense of dependence upon me like nothing else, because every day you wake up, you're going to have to say, okay, God, you've got to be with me today, because if you want me to be Jesus to everybody today, do you realize how hard it is to be Jesus to that person, Lord, that I work with, or that I live with, or that I go to school with? God, oh my goodness. And God would say, I know, I'm creating in you such a dependence upon me. And guess what? Even through that experience, I'm making you more like Jesus. Amen. You might not like it, but it's for your benefit. We as parents, you know, we did that with our children. You know, we tried to, to instill in them the idea of, of building character and all that and saying, what I'm asking you to do, I know you don't always like to do, but it's for your own good. It'll build you into a better person. It'll make you a better person. Well, folks, multiply that 10 million times over. That's how God views us as his children. He says, Jeff, I'm going to ask you to do something that's hard sometimes. Or I'm going to ask you to do something that's uncomfortable. Or I'm going to ask you, Jeff, to do something you don't like to do. But guess what? In those moments, I'm making you more like Jesus. Okay, God. Okay. One final thing. If you turn back with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, notice this profound thought. Verse 3. He says to the Corinthians, revealing that you are a letter of Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit, the invisible hand of the living God. Not on stone tablets like the Ten Commandments was written on, but on the tablets of human hearts. In fact, notice in chapter 3, verse 2, Paul even says to the Corinthians, you are our letter written on our hearts. I want you to take those phrases, written on our hearts, and written on the human heart in verse 3. And I want you to think about this as we close this morning. God has not spoken through his servant today to have it just sort of float out there in the air. He hasn't spoken through his servant today to have it come up to us and then hit a wall and bounce off. God has spoken through his servant today so that he can take a message from himself and have his spirit literally engrave Something on our heart today. What is it that God wants to engrave on your heart today? So that you leave here different than when you walked in. That you and I leave here today with someone or something literally engraved by the Holy Spirit of God. Not on tablets like the Ten Commandments, but literally from God himself to our heart where he literally etches something on our heart that will last that won't be something that when you and I walk out that door five minutes later, a day later, a week later, it's forgotten about and cast aside. God wants to engrave something on our heart that will literally last throughout eternity. What is it that God wants to write on your heart today? Could we stand and close in prayer? God, I pray today that you would take this message on serving and living a life of service to you. And that you, God, would help us to see the bigger picture today. So often we reduce being a servant and and serving you to, to just small little times in our life. Small little activities or actions or programs or ministries. But God, I pray today that you have sort of blown our minds and blown apart our our ideas that were much smaller than what yours are. And that, God, you would use your service today to call out your people to be your servants. Every last one of us here today, God, you have a call upon our life, because we are not our own. We have been bought with the price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ has set us free and we are yours. And God, I pray today that we would just follow your call and that we would allow you to engrave something on our hearts today before we leave this place. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen.